Welcome back to the Am I Baller podcast. It's our first episode in 2020. We definitely want to be putting them out more often and have plans to. And you're going to hear about a lot of Barista Boys plans right here at the beginning of this episode. We were way off on our Christmas predictions. No surprise, you know, as, as a fanalist, you know, I'm not going to live and die on that stuff. You know, I'm going to eat a little crow and I'm going to move on. I mean, Giannis might have had his one, you know, sort of off night of the year. Um, but he's going to be MVP when it's all said and done. And that's at least one prediction I'm going to stand by. This, uh, this episode is going to be a really good one. If you're not really interested in what we're doing, skip forward. We're going to talk a lot of business at the beginning of this. And then we're going to talk a lot of basketballs. We recorded this about a week ago. So it was right before Kyrie came back. Um, you know, I do make the case that the Nets are made better without Kyrie. And recently, Kyrie made the case that the Nets needed some other guys to help him out. Uh, maybe that'll be something we talk about in the next podcast, as, as Dizzy was very heated and, uh, and impassioned uh, about, about those statements. Uh, Sent me a text today, so I can verify he was just burning within. Um, but... You know, I hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, be ready because we got a lot more to come. Thanks. You know, this is this is a basketball and hustling podcast. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that we're kind of we've been sort of silent about is that we, we are really hustling some things. And so, you know, the other night, uh, you, Dalton, me, Luke. Uh, Garrett, Elijah, Zach, we got together and recorded um, what will probably be a two-part episode of of the Baristi Boys flagship podcast. You know, Baristi Boys is a company that puts out this podcast. It's our company, um, and we've we've been building this thing, and we are slowly launching this into more than just a couple standalone businesses, but into like a, like a real thing that we're excited about. And uh, so, you know, in, in a sense, we're a podcasting company. We're we're a coffee and culture company is how we've put it. So this year, you know, we're going to see the website launch. We're going to see a merch store, maybe some Am I Baller t-shirts. Uh, I got this cool coaster for Christmas that has me and Dalton's face on it, and it looks amazing. And I feel like everybody needs one of those. Um, you know, Baristi Boys gear, you know, we already have some shirts. We already have a bunch of stickers that a lot of people haven't seen. They're, like, super cool. Um, that, like, we, I feel like we randomly sell. Uh, when people find out about them so it's like we have a lot of best kept secret items and ideas but this year we're going to see this thing launch we have till we die's x podcast which uh he's been recording more episodes for and 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 slowly building a full season on uh the local music scene here and, and other local music scenes so like i feel like we're building in a direction that is like about the fact that we're not just some you know portland baristas that love yeah, basketball yeah, yeah. but we're we're hustlers you know yeah i think 2020 is uh definitely going to be a, a big year where we see a lot of things happen um with the baristi boys with minko club as a whole and and just uh you know our whole collective that we're working on um not just luke and i but but the whole team um you know everybody that's that's involved uh 2019 we did a lot um you know running the coffee shop uh running running everything you know all the side hustles all the side projects that we're doing and 2020 is kind of that year that we're trying to put it all together and focus it and uh kind of kind of put that uh, those fine tuning on it so uh stay tuned we're gonna get a lot of good things happening a uh, lot of excitement um with our team and um hopefully 2020 is going to be a year of uh, great things and uh you know 
that only means that we get to hustle harder and and work harder to uh you know just just kind of do what we want to do uh, achieve actually, our dreams and and put out good things for you guys i'm actually hoping that i paid my hustling dues <laughs> i was hoping maybe some of the other guys would do some hustling and you know maybe i could just ascend to a throne uh, <laughs> and if i haven't paid the dues yet i guess i'll just continue Ooh. to just hustle and you know that dirty dirty game i think we've got a lot of free agents on the come up this year Ooh. You know? um I'd like, like to see, uh, you know, I'd like to see some of our past baristi boys, you know, really flexing. Uh, yeah. Shout out to yeah. Lizzie Humphrey, who got a, a promotion I saw online and is now, a, it was a weird title. It was like assistant director or something. She's she's a baristi boy, her and Caleb. Um, you know, Carissa, I heard she's she's doing some big things. She's out yep. traveling. She's a baristi boy. Yeah. You know, I think she's yep. on the come up. I heard she's got some big plans for 2020. Yep. And uh, Carmen, you know, I heard Carmen's, uh, she's always plotting and planning something, you know. I feel like we got some real free agents. Our our player development program is really working. (laughs) We're kind of like the Miami Heat of coffee and business, I think. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, I'm Pat Riley. uh, You're you're Spolestra. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll be Spolestra. Well, we can switch it. You can be Riley I I feel like it's unfair for one of us to be Riley. Um, yeah, you're right. Jesus is Riley. Yeah. yeah. And you can be Spo and I'll yeah, be yeah. Jimmy Butler. Shout out to Pat Riley. Those of you that don't know, uh, Pat Riley, one of the greatest coaches. The and arguably my, possibly my favorite coach of all time NBA. Um, you know, a second in, interchangeable to Greg Popovich in my opinion, but uh, Pat, well, Pat Riley's the man. Pat Riley's the Warren Buffett of NBA basketball. And Warren Buffett is the Michael Jordan of finance. So, in a way, that makes them all the greatest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and we'll find out tomorrow if uh, if Tom Brady belongs in that conversation. I think that they play their last game uh, yeah, tomorrow it. or their next game. You know, like maybe they're playing a, a victory march. I have no idea. But right now, Pat Riley is a goat above. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, I mean, uh, he's done it all from... Uh, you know, he he did it as a player. He's he's a pretty solid player. Um, he played for for the bad guys in uh, Glory Road. Um, so so shout out to not Pat Riley. I never for watched that. that. Is it good? Um, yeah, yeah, it's a Have solid movie. Have you ever movie, seen but, uh, Coach Carter on DVD? <laughs> I don't know if I've seen it on DVD. I'm more of an FX uh, Coach Carter um, watcher. I used you know, to have a hat. This is true. I used to have a stocking cap. I used to wear it around. And it had the font from Coach Carter, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a thin, maybe like, I don't know. I'm not going to say what font it is because I'm not that far into font dork, you know. But yeah. it, it yeah. said Coach Carter, and then in different font it said on DVD, on the stocking cap. This was embroidered. So I used to wear it places, and people would be like, people would always give me a look, and i go, oh, Coach Carter on DVD, man? You should check out the Blu-ray. i get him, you know. i just like, it was a good conversation starter. I don't know what happened to that. Probably, I like that. I actually like probably that. gave it away. Somebody else is out there wearing it, you know, and they're probably Not having DVD. the same fun I was having. Hopefully. So, you know, we, we were talking about what we we're going to discuss tonight, and I feel like I feel like we should go right into our business segment. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's you know, hit we it. We haven't talked a lot of business lately. We've talked a lot of basketball, and we are definitely going to talk a lot of basketball. So if you're, if you're like, oh, no, no, be excited because the basketball's coming. You know, uh, we're going to talk everything from NBA Matt to Kyrie Irving, you know. Mm. We're all over the court here. But um, one of the things that, that we were talking about was, you know, as, as 2020 comes and we're talking about how much we've been side hustling, 
And I wanted to talk with each other about some of our, our best and, and uh, maybe at least one of our best ideas that we're never going to do. And um, it's going to be open forum here. So if, if, if I put out my idea and, and Dalton doesn't like it or he likes some parts of it, we're going to pick it apart a little bit and talk about it. Yep. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first just so that uh, I know a lot of people think that I just do this podcast so that I can argue with you about things. And that's silly because we hang out and we can argue anytime. Uh, why record it? <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm going to go ahead and open myself up vulnerability first. So I've had this idea, you know, uh, in, in throughout the year we work on uh, me and Zach and, and, and a whole lot of other people, our friend Jim and, and a lot of volunteers, uh, my wife and Maggie, everyone, everyone pretty much dedicates just tons of hours of their time to work on Audio Feed Festival. So uh, I don't know if that counts as a side hustle because it's a volunteer position and uh, it's mostly just a, a big time-consuming passion project, which a passion project is pretty close to a side hustle. But what that does is it gives us a lot of time where we work with musicians and, and, we, and we put together ideas and we try to build something that we think people are going to be excited about. So shout out to Audio Feed. If you haven't heard of that, we, you can check it out, audiofeedfestival.com. We've been doing it in Champaign-Urbana. And this will be the ninth audio feed this summer, which is crazy. Uh, so shout out to audio feed for real. Um, real quick uh, side story for audio feed. Um, do you think that we caused propaganda and Derek Minor to put out an album together this year? I I looked that up because I wondered that because you know a couple years ago, um, propaganda and the Brilliance went on tour, mm-hmm. and that was right after they both played the same night of audio yep. feed. So I felt like at least we had some piece in that. Maybe yep. maybe there was. I feel like there was always other pieces at play, yep. and there's really not that many degrees of separation from us to all these musicians mm-hmm. that are in that that community. Um, but I did feel like maybe the yep. prop and Derek Meyer thing had come together that way. So so for context, for those of you that that might not follow, um, you know this this kind of sidestepping, but uh, rapper propaganda and uh, rapper producer Derek Miner. Um, you know, we had him at Audio Feed this past year, and uh, just just killer shows. Great guys. Uh, really love interacting with them, and uh, just solid people. But then, you know, a couple months later, they dropped an album together. Derek Minor produced, propaganda wrapped on it, and I was reading a, a story about it. I was uh, maybe listening to to Propaganda's podcast or, or something that he put out, or or something like that, um, where he said that that album came together you know just a couple months back while they uh just met up in the airport um you know crossing paths and things like that time frame kind of seems like seemed close seems like it happened i read it was the national airport though and Derek meyer flew out of chicago when he left audio feed i don't know i don't know i i heard it was o'hare so we definitely could we definitely couldn't have hurt the whole yeah. idea yeah, yeah. All I know is it's, it's my favorite thing. Props dropped to date. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Looking forward to yeah. what's coming next yeah. uh, from him. And, and we definitely geek out a little bit on propaganda because he's a coffee and rap guy and we're coffee and rap guys. So it just kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah Maybe this sure. summer we can get him on to talk about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so talking about audio feed, you know, we start putting things together and, and, and it, there's always a point where – the ideas really start to flow, and I feel like everybody starts bringing just like great stuff to the table, and we start booking bands, and we get really excited. But now, a couple years ago, maybe three or four years ago now, we had talked about moving audio feed to Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, Illinois, which is where I live. And part of the reason was uh, was just 
convenience, uh, some of the partners that we thought we could gain there in Lincoln, uh, a little more free reign. And, and, and there, there was just a lot of pieces to that. Uh, like, you know, for instance, in Champaign-Urbana, U of I might have 10 or 20,000 people there for an event at any time. In Lincoln, you know, if you're bringing 1,000 people to town, you've kind of brought the biggest thing to town that anyone's doing. You know, so it's kind of that thing of becoming a big fish in a small pond or staying a small fish in a big pond. Uh, so Lincoln had some advantages. And in the process of doing that, I had also thought about other things we could do in Lincoln. And one idea I had, and at the time, I think I was doing some booking for um, for for the city. We were doing Third Fridays, and, and uh, they had originally had us doing that. Uh, they, they got rid of us. I don't really know why. I think that uh, maybe we weren't bringing... We were bringing original music, and they wanted cover bands. Um, but in the vein of cover bands, at one point I come up with an idea to do a festival in Lincoln that I thought, man, if this festival was in Lincoln, Illinois, everybody I know in like Logan <laughs> County, Peoria, McLean County, all these little central Illinois places would come to this. And the idea was to put together a festival that was all cover bands and, and not just cover bands like, oh, all right, we've seen cover bands at bars, but official tribute bands. Like, I think at one point we had a, a submission for audio feed. We get crazy submissions, all right? Um, like, I like I can't even tell you. Like, there's one I was trying to remember just the other day that's, like, a pretty big name. Um, ah, man. If I think of it, uh, I'll come back to it. Pat Boone. Pat okay. Boone, who yep. become a gospel singer. Yep. We got a submission from Pat Boone once, and I thought, holy cow, man, what are we going to do with that? Uh, we get a lot of weird, like, country, like, pretty big country stars uh, that we have no interest in at all. And uh, I think at some point we got the official Heart Tribute Band had had submitted to play. So they were the official tribute band for the band Heart. And I was like, wait, that's great. And I, I actually really want to do it because I thought that's so cool. I'd love to watch the yep. official Heart Tribute yep. Band. And then I thought, man, what if we had a festival that was all official tribute bands? Like, you had the official... Uh, Talking Heads tribute band and the official, uh, you know, Garth Brooks tribute band. And I thought, dang, man, Lincoln would just explode. Yeah. And I was like, we could do this whole thing at the fairgrounds, charge a butt ton of money because, you know, you feel you feel bad charging a lot when it's like a Christian thing and you're trying to get people out and it's like a ministry and you're yep. trying to you're trying to make something stay alive and, and do something important, I guess. But with cover bands, I mean, you just think, who cares? Let's just charge a ton of money. Let Lincoln do what they do, you know, party, that's what they like to do, and just get all the best tribute bands in the world. And uh, that seemed like a really great idea. And and I'm not sure it's not a great idea, but what I am sure is that I'm not the right guy for that idea. Like, I, like after thinking about it, I realized that there's a lot of tribute bands I really never want to see, yep. that I wouldn't really be excited about what we're doing, and that it would just be like a big party at the fairgrounds, which is like pretty much the opposite of what i think is a good time i would just avoid the fairgrounds if there's any party i would i would rather stay yeah i mean home it, it definitely does sound like sound like a, a county fair um set up for yeah sure. it's the county fair festival yeah but without rides yeah um we could get rides yeah and i also think it, it just kind of sounds like a soul-sucking endeavor um to just book like not the real bands and then a lot of bands that you don't really care about just for the sake of having the official tribute band. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, how deep for the official tribute band do you have to go? Like, 
you know, if you wanted, like, I think Lincoln, Illinois, like, the Kiss tribute band would bring oh, out the yeah. whole town. Yeah, that would be expensive, too. But they're they're, they're not know, cheap. They're so that's deal. expensive. So do you have to get the tribute band to the Kiss tribute band? Like, no, no. How See, deep, that's how thing. deep you have to in, go. In the way I was doing this, it had to be the real officials. You know, so but, maybe, but not the real band. Like, if Kiss wanted to play, you have no, to say no. Absolutely not. No, Kiss only can't the play. tribute band. Honestly, I hate Kiss, so I never want to see them. Um, hot take James Harden and Kiss are on the same level for me. Uh, but <laughs> I think that I think that the Kiss tribute band might be too expensive, but you do need one yeah. anchor headliner that would really draw them out, you yeah. know. And obviously, yeah, like, like Metallica or Kiss, like a tribute band for those bands would do really well in Lincoln. I really felt like Garth Brooks or Tim McGraw, like yeah. something pretty you, you country. To, I think if that's you do, official. You have to do something you know? where like one of the main members of the original band is, is dead. dead. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like if you had a like a Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute band. Oh, one of those guys dead? Aren't they? Nah, I, I feel sure. like they all OD. Hey, or like like no, one one not all, all of them. Like Flea's alive and Andy yeah, yeah. Key's still alive. Like somebody died. Hey, you know NBA we, Matt, we see. my brother see. NBA yeah. Matt. He saw uh, this is a, this is sidestepping mm-hmm. as you said earlier. He saw Red Hot Chili Peppers, Smashing Pumpkins, and Pearl Jam together. They were opening Dang. Pearl Jam and Red Hot was opening for Smashing Pumpkins. I think at the Braden Auditorium in Normal. That's that's and wild. So that's what a, year? Like, nineteen ninety one, I think nineteen ninety two. I mean, we're talking yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, NBA Matt, he yeah. was there. Yeah. NBA Matt, Matty Phelps. He loves Pearl James yeah. and, uh, hey, and Red I Hot Chili it, you Peppers. Know, you know, shout out to them. I, and I respect the <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, you know, they obviously had success, but, you know, shout out to Rick Rubin. I don't think that he's ever produced anything uh, bad. You know, maybe I'm a little biased. I thought you were going to say he never produced anything better. And I was like, and, oh, don't uh, say that. That's, and he produced every, he produced, what, five, five Red Hot Chili Peppers albums, so... Um, is that true, man? I didn't even know that. <laughs> he did that's everything. Up, he man. did a Twenty One from Adele, her best album. Well, maybe Nineteen might be Twenty One's the most polished, but Nineteen's a great you album. Know, he did he did the Eminem albums. I don't like yeah. it much, so didn't he? Didn't he do Revival? I think he he did Revival. Um, it's like the no, worst he did Marshmallow this LP too. I think that's good, but the other um, ones not good. He did he did that Ed Sheeran. A cheering record, but you know, you know shout I, out to, I don't know about Rick Rubin. He gets involved in some things sometimes. And I'm not so sure. But, yeah, but but he I mean, like he's no Mike Tony, but he's you know <laughs> he revitalized Johnny Cash. He he did everything. Yeah, I hate it. I hate I hate what you just said. He did the Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys. He did the Beastie Boys. <laughs> All right, I'm in. Elijah's our Rick Rubin. Yeah, he that's he just true. sits Elijah around is the barefoot Rick with his hair down. <laughs> Just chilling, waiting for something to go on, and then he kind of throws a little effort into it. Makes it seem like he didn't do anything, did a lot of junk, and then he sort of walks away, knowing he was a cool guy. Man. Yeah. yeah, Rick Rubin's worked with everybody in the industry. Everybody who's anybody. I don't like that you said he revitalized Johnny Cash. I understand that he did. Well, he he, he did brought him back Johnny to the Cash limelight, the and, he, and he had those great. I yeah. know, I know how it all happened. I love those recordings, but I don't like the idea that. Anybody revitalized yeah, okay. Johnny Cash? That's like, fair. Johnny Cash may have he, fallen he out like, of. He like kind of helped. Yeah. Get him going. Johnny again. Cash may have fell out of the cool yeah. circle and did some silly stuff for a while, but like Johnny Cash was cool before cool was cool. Like he yeah. was, he was it. So yeah. I don't like that. That's fair. But yeah, shout out Ricky, um, Ricky Rubin. Yeah, um, I mean, I I definitely think the tribute band festival. I'm more is, of a John Rubin guy. <laughs> is uh is a decent idea. Um, 
You know, I, it's probably I a lot of money think, though, and a lot of, yeah. lot of sweat. Yeah, a lot of, lot of effort for nothing. Like, do you, at the end of the day, are you going to be proud that you got a bunch of like that group of people that want to go to the tribute band instead of the original bands? Like, well, see, I instead of going to a I festival like Audio Feed with a lot of original yeah. bands, a lot of original music, a lot of diverse music, and things like that. At the end of the day, after pulling this off, do you want to hang out at the festival with everybody who chose instead to go to the tribute bands? Just because those are the popular no, songs no. on the radio. Yeah, mostly what I need is somebody that's like a really generic version of me that would put a lot of sweat and effort into it, but not really care about the integrity of the final product. Yeah. That would just go out there and be like, hey, let's do this big cover yep. band festival. It's going to be sick. I do think that, like, I wouldn't go see a cover band, and I wouldn't see a tribute band unless it was a band that I really loved. So I, I think, like, the idea, like, the Talking Heads tribute band is a band I actually would want to see because that would just be cool. And I, I wouldn't go to a concert or, you know, just for the tribute band. But if I was but at if a, it was festival, a festival of tribute bands, see? No, not a whole festival of them. If I'm at a festival and, like, one of the bands is a tribute band. Or if I'm at, like, a, a bar or, or, like, a restaurant or something or... I'm just walking down the street, and there's, like, a street festival, and there's a, a cover band. I, I might listen to, you know, my favorite songs or things like that, but... Well, when is, when is hip-hop going to have a tribute band? That's really the question. Like, That's messed up. Like, when is there going to be That's a Dr. Dre tribute, like, an NWA tribute band? That probably no. exists. That NWA no. tribute band probably exists. There's probably, like, three, four guys, no, what happens- five guys who are all over 40... Who all know, know all the words are NWA and they go around rapping them. It's for probably money. what happens is it's always those generic tribute bands, like the, those cover band that form. And you know, there's a couple in, in Springfield. I'm not gonna shout them out directly uh, that I don't like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they they like you, you know they play, smoke, they play huh? like they play the popular songs and and so they'll they play like that popular no that's what song, happens the, in that the popular pop song things like that. No, no, they, no, they like, do it. Like, they do it at if, street festivals. They do it at. I guarantee at churches, there's a they Beastie Boys one. Oh, I guarantee. But but wait, what if there was? What if there was a Jay Z tribute rapper, <laughs> and he just like just one dude. Yeah, it was just like one an Elvis dude impersonator, or, but Jay Z. Yeah, or what if there was like five dudes that all impersonated Jay Z different eras, and it was like a giant performance? How much would you pay to book no, that? None. Like okay, if we took it down to uh to to what's uh, the Dirty South? Is it Max? Oh, Max Lounge? Yeah, Max Lounge. No. We pay we pay the Jay Z tribute guy a thousand dollars. They got five different Jay Z's. They do five different like albums. They do one does no. black album, one does blueprint. Like it's pretty dope. How many people you think would show up and spend like thirty, forty dollars to get in? Zero. No way. Zero. No way. Thirty. No. Okay. Thirty dollars? Okay. Thirty dollars. I, 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 I bet there's a market of market of lame people that will want to go see that. It's like this, the same people hey, that like... What's what in town, what in Springfield right now is going on better than the Tribute Jay-Z show <laughs> down at Max? Like, what is going on right now that's actually better than that? You know that all the rappers aren't very good, so they're not doing anything yeah, better. Yeah, bar, bar None Clothes, No More Tuesday Night Hip Hop. See? See? Um, Look, we'd be there. You and I, you put on that Denver Nuggets sweater Zach Scott back here. And you'd be like, let's go see Jay-Z down at Max. I'd be like, yeah, let's get Carter's first. Let's go to Max. Let's watch Jay-Z. I'll guarantee you we'd all go. Carmen would be there. We'd all. We'd, the Baristi boys would blow that place up, dude. We'd be like, here we are. No. I'd be rapping every word with them. No. Well, which Not era, though? Word. Magna Carta. 
don't know. I mean, Elijah's gonna uh, go. Yeah, but Elijah will go to everything. He's Rick Rubin. Of course, he's gonna go. That's true. I think you're right. I think that my idea is a waste of time, and that's what that's why I've um, thrown it out here because it's it's too much effort. Yeah, and uh, so that that kind of leads into to my idea, and this is one that I've kind of sat on, and uh, I you know I've joked around with uh, a couple different people about this, but um, you know I I love to go to coffee shops and I love to just go places that aren't my house to like you know read, do work, um, you know just chill, hang out with people, whatever. Um, so I love the idea of like being able to go anywhere. And I thought, you know, there's a, there's a place for everything. There's coffee shops. I can get all the different types of coffee and coffee drinks and things like that, that I want, you know, there's bars, whatever you can get, whatever drink you want there. Um, but really the, the most important drink of all drinks is water is, it sustains life. So I thought, I mean, what if there's a place that you can go to and just have all the best waters? You know, like when you go to the gas station, you're like, "Oh, let me get a water," and then uh, they're like, <laughs> "I I do not go in the gas station and go up to the man and go, sir, let me get a water," and then like wait to see what happens. Like he would be like, uh, "There's a cooler of water right there." Yeah, but like, like so I walk into the gas station. You order out loud at the gas station. <laughs> Hold on, do you order out loud at the gas station? Yes. Yeah, I say one gallon of gas and a water, please, plus an apple fritter. Throw it in there. That's Casey's right there. Um, I'm going to go shout at Casey's <laughs> tomorrow. I'm going to come right in. I need a gallon of gas, a water, an apple fritter. No, but but you go you go to the, the fridge or whatever, and you see, um, you know, bottles of water. It, it appalls me that people get those, like, no-name, branded, labeled waters that, like, you know, Casey's just filled up in the in the sink in the bathroom and put it in the cooler. But uh, you know, I'm a go to smart water, Fiji water type of guy. Those are my two go tos. See, I you can always find just a... buy Casey's water. Oh, see, that's messed up. And and that's the thing. That's that's I what have leads stock us in Casey's. So that's I what always leads buy us into this thinking. So <laughs> you go to a place, a water cafe, if you will. Okay. Where you just you go there. And there's all the types of water that you want. You know, you get like six artisan waters. You got boss water. You got a smart water, Fiji water. Like those are your low end waters. You got boss water. Uh, my friend drinks this water that's like black, but it doesn't have anything oh, yeah, in it. Oh yeah, I drink that I black know, like, water. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, you, you get that. You know, our boy it would Garrett. Be a good prank. Like, um, you get some root beer float, but you just pour yeah, black yeah. water over it. I mean, like this, this all those types of things. So there's so many types of water. And we're never going to serve, like, Dasani or Aquafina or, like, I don't know, Casey's water. Nothing like that. No ice mountain. No tap water from, like from the faucet. Life. No Nestle. Nothing like that. So if Only I come in and order waters. water, you'll open up the bottle and pour me a glass of water. Yeah, yeah. So, so then it gets deeper. You know, our boy Garrett was experimenting, uh, you know, a while back with different salt levels and mineral levels in water you know we make our own water we figure out the type of water that we want you know maybe in one setup we have uh, a condensation type water where we fully extract the water through steam and then we add our own minerals to it like how smart water is made you know maybe we find a, a really great like we build the coffee shop on top of like the the most pure like spring water in the world and we just like 
you know, there's like a mountain right in, by or a creek, and we just fill it up there, and it's like the best. Earth I've got mineral. I've water. got a water plug. I've got some people that you could buy into the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so it's exactly like that. Right and then uh, you know, you compare your waters with ice cubes, different shapes, different sizes. Is this the ice cube cover band or <laughs> ice cube? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I- ice cubes surfed by the ice cube cover band. That's now that's what's up. So different shapes, you know, you got some some cubes, you got some long long uh, what are those like half rectangle curvy ones? You got those. You got like some sphere ones. <laughs> are we talking about ice cubes yeah. right now? Ice cubes. All right, yeah. So then you got all the types of ice cubes. So then you get to, you know, let me get a black water with the uh, the smart water sphere ice cubes. You know, like different ice cubes, different shapes. Each shape <laughs> is made by different. I can't, I can't take water. seriously what you're saying all of a sudden. Like, like, you were already kind of losing me, but when you got to the let me it's take deep. this water with this ice. It's deep. No, so then, so then you pair. This is so some bougie I come, stuff. I come in. I know, man, I love that artisan shop water that we made in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds these, gross. <laughs> Sounds super gross. With these Negroni-style <laughs> Fiji water cubes. Huh. And uh, and then you you serve it up in a nice crystal glass, you know, kind of like a like a nice whiskey glass. And then I sit down, I open up open up my book, I open up my laptop, I I you know I just hang out for a while and I drink water. And I'm so hydrated and refreshed, and like the air is so pure, you know, no no. <laughs> Why like, is the air pure? Because <laughs> it's like that's the that's the vibe that we're creating in here. It's, okay. it's just a, a pure place to to relax. Yeah. So I so, think that's a great idea, and I think that I'm the only one sitting in there by so, myself. So, yeah, this is definitely a business idea that you're not going to do because you would make no money. And that's definitely why I just, this I, thing's I dead in the people, water, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think people appreciate. But also, you know, you set up on a busy street corner, people pop in, pop out for their, their bottle of water. Hey, now, I have bought a bottle of water for like five bucks in Chicago before. I was super thirsty. I was on a bike ride, and it didn't have to be anything special. Yeah. It could have been any water. I yeah. paid five dollars for it. Here's here's the thing: this idea is is great if the black water is a is a water I call coffee. That's about <laughs> the only way I like this idea. I can buy a water any all the waters you named. I can definitely get. So I I get when we get to the artisan and you're making yeah, yeah. water in the back, as you say, which sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> but at that point, like I get it. Uh, there actually was a guy at Audio Feed named Jay the Water Prophet. We could talk about him yeah, a different yeah. time. But the he kept me water. very hydrated, and he, he gave Man, me a lot of tips that's on for sure. how to drink water uh, well. And he had a big filter system. Yeah. You know, we can, I, I can, we can teach an education things. thing, like, you know, telling telling each other why certain minerals need to be in your water. You know, like, why do we put fluoride in all of our water, basically? Or why, do, why is there, why. like, salt and things like that, like... You know, we got to educate the public on what they're drinking. So the only thing that I would that would really bring me to a water place is if they had a bunch of TVs that only watch water themed <laughs> shows. So like like movies like Waterboy or uh, The Water Buffalo or Sea World. Uh, sea World. No, no Sea World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no it would really go because he yeah. drinks pee, and that's kind of like <laughs> what I feel like the water you're making in the back. I feel like that might be some Kevin Costner water. I'm like, oh yeah, get me, get me one of those. If if there is a big fan of Sea World out there, would they drink Kevin Costner pee water? 
You sell that on eBay for a lot. That's my side hustle. I gotta capture Costner's pee on a regular basis and sell that stuff. Yeah, you ever watch like, you know, like I always remember there. You you watch a a kid show or something like that, and they always have that celebrity come in and they chop off the lock of hair and they're like trying to sell it on the Wait, what? On that's on that's so Raven. Shout out to that's so Raven. Corey Baxter had that celebrity come over, cut off his hair, and Corey Baxter was a hustler. Wait, Corey no, Baxter, but you openly saying, "Have I ever seen those kids shows where this happens?" And I thought, "Man, I've watched a ton of kids shows, and I've never seen yeah, people yeah, but, giving away." But then I just hair. remembered. So this is a specific so Corey this is Baxter. That's so Raven. Yeah, but I I feel like I've seen it on other shows. No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did it on Zack and Cody. Maybe it's a Disney Channel So it's thing. a weird Disney Channel thing. Uh, but then they, they get the Because the same writers in. work for all of the shows, <laughs> and they're like, dude, we got to recycle some ideas this week. Like, hey, how about we do that lock of hair thing? But but it makes me think, like, I used to think as a kid, celebrities used to just sell all their stuff on all eBay. Like, I used to think that. Hair. I used to think that they would sell, like, used clothes yeah. and, like... Like dirty, like dirty forks and stuff. Yeah. I used to think things like that. Like dirty underwear. Honestly, though, whoa, I do feel like we could sell a lot of dirty forks. Like, oh yeah, this is Britney Spears' dirty fork from this Italian restaurant she went to, or this is uh, this is some Chick Fil A sauce from whenever uh, Costner was at Chick Fil A. Because it's really all about Costner. Like, you could sell this stuff for a lot of money. You know, I don't know if yeah. you've ever seen that, uh, The Guardian. That's a water movie. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, man. I like that. His numbers, how many people he saved. Spoiler alert. Um, that sounds like some creatures I know. Anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't think this idea is going to take off. But you know what? Here's the thing. If you're out there listening and you know there is a great cover festival or there is a Jay-Z tribute rapper that's traveling around, I want to know. And if you feel like taking this idea and owning it, you want to start an ice-themed rap group that's that's hanging out at a water shop, that's that's one guy's vanilla ice and one guy's iced tea and one guy's ice cube, and uh, and that's like what you're doing. That's great. And then you're you're selling ice cubes and black water and stuff. Mm. That's great. I want to know if there's a legit water shop out there. This may be a Brooklyn idea. I mean, I'm, we might yeah. go do this in Brooklyn. Yeah, you definitely have to gentrify you know. a neighborhood in order to put a, a water shop. Oh there. no. Why? Just go right in, right where the people are. I, I saw... Um, Selling you water. Know, so it's not such a ridiculous idea if you were in a place like... You know, if I open up this water shop in, like, Arizona, maybe it's not a bad idea. Because I saw somebody open up an oxygen store in right. India. You gotta be somewhere that's so bougie that this works. So San oh. Francisco... You know, like Manhattan, yeah. like it's got to be. Or you go where there's be, not water, which is really bogus. That's what Nestle and Coca-Cola does. Or you get somebody that's so famous, like like Drake's Water Shop, and he just hangs out there all no. the time, and they have a bunch of fancy no, water. No, the perfect person. So they come in to drink water, hopefully no, with Drake. You're missing the, the whole, like, the the perfect person for this. And as soon as I say it, you're going you're gonna to realize it's the perfect person. Aquaman, Jason Momoa. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, he needs, he needs Matthew water. McConaughey's the perfect water salesman. Yeah. I mean he's, Matthew McConaughey could, he could sell anything. He could sell um, anything, yeah. But definitely if you're like, Hey, we're gonna go hang out at this water cafe, but Matthew McConaughey's gonna be there, definitely buy Matthew McConaughey's water. Okay. So uh I think a good place for a, a water shop would be Brooklyn. Yep. And I want to talk about the East. 
Yeah. So let's let's, talk let's begin with let's begin with Brooklyn. Let's begin you with know, Brooklyn. I, I had some thoughts on Brooklyn. So so Karis Levert planning on coming back soon. He's planning on it. That's good. He's <laughs> under contract there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I'm I'm definitely pretty excited. Um, I'm a big Karis Levert fan. Still no word on Kyrie. You know, he's he's saying that he's having some injuries um, with his shoulder still. I just read, uh, you know, as of today or, or yesterday, the last game that they missed, um, he basically is, is losing at least $375,000 in incentives this year for not uh, being able to play at least 60 games and, and some of those incentives built into his contract. So I definitely think this is... You know, obviously it's not all about the money for him, but you know, there's there's some heavy heavy uh, prices on this. So anybody that's uh, trying to hate on on uh, Kyrie Irving for his injuries and, and things like that, I think um, it's ridiculous. I think that he's a great basketball player, and and I really hope that he gets back. But in the absence of Kyrie Irving, I get to see one of my favorite underrated players in the league, Spencer Dinwiddie, ball out. And he's just been having a phenomenal stretch lately. Oh, Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie's amazing. He's he's a great great guard. He's he's like six five, six six, big guard. Um, great ball handler, great shooter, um, great vision, and and I love watching him play. So, as much as I want Kyrie to get back out there and and you know help out the team and do all the things that he can do as a great player, um, I think Spencer Dinwiddie's just phenomenal, and I think that he should be starting. Um, full-time somewhere in the league, and I think there's a lot of teams, um, especially Chicago, that could definitely use him. You know, Detroit, uh, a lot a lot of teams like that. I think that uh, I think that they should just go ahead and trade Kyrie Irving. No. I know, I know. No, they, Ky- they, can't, they can't trade you, Kyrie because Kyrie makes Kevin happy, and they need Kevin. And you, you and, can't break it up before... Yeah, you see them together. Yeah, I've heard so. it. I've heard it. Here's here's the thing. We took Kyrie Irving off the Cavs. Cavs went to the finals. Kyrie Irving didn't play for Boston the year Boston goes to the Eastern Conference Finals because he was injured. The next year Kyrie Irving does play for the same Boston team with Al Horford, who's a better center than anybody they have playing in Boston now. And that Boston team wasn't really very good, and they didn't make the Eastern Conference Finals, and they honestly didn't look like they even had a shot. Now Kyrie Irving goes to Brooklyn, and they literally, like, had a losing record. He hasn't played most of the The year. games he played, they had a losing record. They were a sub-500 team, and since he's been gone, they can breathe for the first time. No Karis LeVert. And, yeah, no Karis no LeVert. They're moving. They're, they're being injured. And they, and they have a better record than they have when Kyrie was playing those games. And, and then you go back to the Boston team, which seems like a pretty good sample size because you have two years of Kyrie in Boston. Mm-hmm. And that Boston team is phenomenal. Just a really, really great team, minus Kyrie and Al Horford with just a Kimba to replace him. Yep. So, but, like, to but I me... Think, I think the rest of the team around is... I think Gordon Hayward's playing better than he did the first two years in Boston. You know, obviously he was injured for one of those years and coming back from injury last year. You know, Gordon Hayward's had a little bit of injury, but he's had a good season, and I, I think he's bounced back a lot, and I think we've seen a lot of growth in Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. So I think to say that the full weight of everything was on Kyrie and they're, they're better without him um, I think is ridiculous. Uh, but I think that they well, are. I think they're, I think they're, they're a great team 
overall, and I think that's why they're. I think Kimba. I think Kimba's a better. Numbers, I think Kimba's a better fit. But he moves the ball, and everyone's happy. I think Kimba's a better fit with that roster and with that culture. Um, but I think to say that Kyrie isn't better than all but five or or seven point guards in the league. So if he's only if he's not as good as seven other point guards, then he's like a top forty player for you, not a top twenty. Not a top ten. You know, I've always they have a great point guard. They have yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, and, and Spencer Dinwiddie's great, but he's not a top fifty player in the league. I think he's a top fifty player without a doubt. I think he top fifty player on like half the money. Yeah, that's that's fair. If you're getting value for it, Spencer Dinwiddie is probably one of the best value he's, contracts. He's in playing. The league. He's playing. He's playing lights when, out. When he played, he's not a great when he filled in shooter, for, but that's it. When he filled in for D'Angelo, he's a solid three point yeah, shooter. He's, though he's, he's still good. He's yeah. just not great. I mean, Kyrie's a better three point shooter, but Kyrie Irving, it, though, though I love watching him play. Like I think mm-hmm. Kyrie's got cool moves, and and he's a he's an excellent finisher. And and you know, I actually tell people, hey, if you want to learn to finish at the rim. Watch Kyrie Irving. He knows how to finish at the rim, but he's not—he's not a winner. He's never—he's never won on his own. And and he, the teams that he, he was won on, the finals. He, took, he hit the dagger over Golden State. He did, but he was still on a team with LeBron James and Kevin Love, and it was LeBron's team. He left town so he could have his own team. When he had his own team, he sucked. He didn't get there. It, like like you think about this: Kawhi Leonard left San Antonio, where people weren't even really paying attention to him. Goes to Toronto, goes to the East for one year, and he takes the team all the way to the finals. Yeah, but the, the Kyrie team Irving was... is is this great player. He's a great offensive threat. He leaves, goes to Boston to a team that was already good. A team that was already good. They already had Al Horford. They already had Marcus Smart. They they actually had a bunch of like like role players on that team, and that team got farther without him than it got the next year with him. And and Gordon Hayward was of no effect on both of these seasons mm-hmm. because, you know, he's injured that that next year, uh, or he's injured the whole first year, and he's not the same player the next year. So you you don't even have to forget the Hayward part of it. They were better when Hayward was injured and Kyrie was out, and then they were better without Kyrie afterwards. And the Nets have been better without Kyrie this season. So until a team with Kyrie is better with Kyrie, I have a hard time believing he's any good. I think he's kind of a James Harden light, like more fun to watch, but a lot of isolation doesn't shoot as high of a percentage. So Harden gets so you, the point. You think, on this one. you think he's an empty, empty statter? Yeah, I think he's putting up a lot of points. I think his defense is bad. I think the ball doesn't move as good. I think the things that make Kyrie Irving not good are the things that don't show up on a stat sheet. And I think that Kyrie's fun to watch, and it'll be interesting when Durant's back how that team plays out because really. Now Kyrie's back to being a, a, a backseat role or being the other option. Like when it was LeBron and Kyrie, you pretty much could just count on a lot of them. If LeBron had the ball, then he would make something happen. Then Kyrie had the ball, he'd make something happen. A lot of taking turns. Mm-hmm. And maybe Durant and Kyrie will take turns. But honestly, then Durant, again, not a guy who wins in a take-turn situation. Durant's great in a Golden State situation where you got the spread, you got all these guys mm-hmm. who are selfless. But when him and Westbrook were taking turns, they couldn't win. They get to a point where they just couldn't win because everyone knows one of these two guys is doing everything. That's, that's fair. That's fair. You know, I I guess we'll see. Um, another, what would make, another key what would make the Nets a, a winner? But that, that's, that's, that's the question I have. What piece outside Kevin Durant? Health. 
health. David and Wava. If they were a healthy team, they would David and Wava injured. He okay. he's a great defensive uh, guy off the bench. Um, no Rondé Hollis Jefferson anymore. He's uh, he's in Toronto, so that was another great guy off the bench. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie Dinwiddie stepping up, but uh, you know he he puts in solid numbers, great value contract. Uh, but I would still all day start Kyrie over him. I think Spencer Dinwiddie's a great six man, great guy off the bench to hold hold things down. Um, and well, and I think he could start in a lot of teams. But I think if you have uh, Kyrie on your team, then then you can't do it. I think Karis Levert. Karis Levert has been battling injury, um, you know, doing a lot of a lot of injuries the last couple of seasons. Um, so hard to get in a groove. Joe Harris isn't shooting the same as he was lights out um, a year in, a year ago and the the year before. Um, but really, I think it comes down to health so that they can build that continuity that they need. Well. I agree that they need to be healthy, but I go back to what I said at the beginning of the season, which is they really need a great big man. And uh, I don't think DeAndre Jordan really covered that for him. And Jared Allen's yeah. good. He's good. He's gotten better. But he's not a he's not a game changer. You know, I heard that Al Horford was unhappy in Philadelphia. Al should have gone with Kyrie to Brooklyn because that Brooklyn team would be a uh, – they would actually be a top five I, team. See, I'm, you know, I, I, think. I respect DeAndre Jordan. I think he's a, a – good player but um his contract i don't think is worth it for i don't think that he's exceptionally bigger than or better than you know 10 other great centers like i don't think that he's if he's a top 10 center he's nine or ten in the league um i i think that um oh, i that think they, i think he's a bottom 10 jared allen the starting yeah. centers i I think Jared Allen's a, a solid guy, too. but I think if Al Horford was on that team instead of DeAndre Jordan, I think that's a solid lineup. Jared Allen's above Alex Lynn. I'll give him that. <laughs> I think Alex Lynn starts in Atlanta. And, um, yeah, he's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of a uh, great great centers, another another piece uh, trade rumors: Andre Drummond on the market, yeah, I've, I've and uh, a lot of rumors of him going to Atlanta. Do you, Do you think that if if the Pistons trade Drummond, are they a playoff contender? You know, I mean, we're focusing on the East. Yep. You know, are they are they a playoff contender if they trade Drummond? Without him, uh, I think it depends what they get. Like what obviously, they get. It, if, it if they trade seems... to Atlanta, it's it's a rebuild straight up, right? Because yep. you're going for Young, you're going for Death. Maybe you're getting, you know, uh, Kevin Huter yep. or Cam Reddish. It kind of um, seems like if they're wanting to trade Andre Drummond, they're they're picks. just gonna watch the watch the season because uh, they're they're right now they're tied with the Bulls. Um, you know, sitting eighteen and a half games back from the lead, so the, yeah, they're kind of how far are they from the eighth seed? Are they like four games from? Yeah, the so Orlando Magic have it right now. They're sixteen and twenty on the on the record, and then there's the Charlotte yeah, Hornets, the Magic, fifteen and twenty. The Magic are barely hanging on. Jonathan Isaac just got injured. The Magic are not a deadlock for that spot. They might no. lose it. Yeah, no, it's a injury. it's a four team race um, between the Magic, the Hornets are fifteen and, and twenty three, and then the Bulls and Pistons are thirteen and twenty three. Um, at this point, I think the Magic probably get it, just because I don't think that the Bulls will ever figure out how to play offense. Um, <laughs> as disappointing as it is, <laughs> and if the if the Pistons are going to make a trade, I think they're going to watch the season. You know, Blake's been injured. I think they've had a lot of even, a lot of issues there. So even I, was this the second year with Dwayne Casey? Mm-hmm. They were a playoff team last year. Dwayne Casey has has great great track record. You know, coach of the year two years ago. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, it, it just seems hard to me that they would want to rebuild. I know. Derrick Rose is playing I great. They I have don't some think, other pieces I don't think that they are go for a full rebuild. I think they just they try to reset it for next year. Blake Griffin's kind of turned into a uh, wash. You know, I mean, he was, he was a and great the, inju- the injuries. Great the injuries are maybe catching up, and yeah. who knows where he's at. Yeah. Obviously, what if what if they try to go for like a John Collins in that trade? Yeah, they go I, I for, don't a, see. for a young guy. Maybe you don't. There's no way Atlanta's letting John Collins go. No, I, I don't, I, I don't think so. Either, Atlanta but. would be Atlanta would be a really good team with Drummond. I mean, oh, uh, I, they would I have agree. a great great. Defense I think Andre Drummond's a, a great blocker. player. Yeah, I mean, he he is good, but is he how good? You know, can he can he turn a team He's into a championship contender? A, a like. Yeah, but you know, some of them rebounds, it's like they're his by default. You're yeah. giving them to him. Can he turn a team into a championship contender? And who are you going to start at center if you're the Pistons if you get rid of Drummond? You know, it's like you need somebody. You need a, you need a yep. center back, you know. I think there's some teams that can really use a center. Um, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know if the Atlanta Hawks, if it's worth it. Plus, the Atlanta Hawks are in a great rebuild and a great spot for it. They got draft yeah. picks for days. I, what I do think, they do with Drummond? You know, I think we're just waiting for the for the Atlanta Hawks to turn that corner. You know, I think uh, I think if Charlotte traded for him, they would actually make the playoffs this year. I think Drummond would put Charlotte in the playoffs. I, I think that's that's probably fair. That's a fair assumption. But who who goes to Detroit from Charlotte? Well, you try to get a young guy like well, you're Miles gonna, Bridges. You're going to unload or, Batum's contract. The Charlotte has to unload Batum's contract. So they unload him, and then they're going to have to let go of somebody. Probably probably Bacon uh, or Malik Monk, one of mm-hmm. those guys would have to go. I would think that you'd want somebody with some young upside and maybe a draft pick. Yeah. But then if you had, you know, Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham and, and Andre Drummond, like that's actually a, a decent team in the East. Yeah. You're, probably, you're probably running away at the eighth spot with the way Magic have, have kind of fallen off and with the injuries that they've got. Yeah. It's wild. If you look at that Magic roster, they have a lot of great young guys. And, they do, uh, but they don't have the right pieces. Yeah. They don't play it, the It right like way. doesn't fit yeah. the best together, but Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Markel Fultz, Markel Fultz Evan Fournier, like the, um, Jonathan Isaac, like those are great. Man, I could plug all those guys into in another team. And those teams would be a lot better just by having those guys. Yeah, it's but like the a magic weird is like continuity yeah, makes, but I think that they don't play fast enough. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Vukovic's defense isn't very good. It's just yeah, the whole thing is sort of a tough run. There. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was really rooting for the the Hawks this year, and I was hoping that this was going to be kind of the year. Um, but watching them still at eight wins, you know, worse than the Knicks, which is uh, hard to do. Well, the Knicks have gotten better. Yeah. They've, uh, they've really increased their win total. All right, another team in the East I'm, I'm pretty into. Uh, I've heard some mixed reviews on this, but uh, Indiana, Pacers. Um, I, I heard, I've heard some people say, oh, when Old Depot comes back, the Pacers are going to be unstoppable because they're already mm-hmm. really good. And I've heard other people say, no, Old is not good enough to make them unstoppable. The Bucks, the Raptors, the, the Sixers, Boston are all just better teams in a seven-game series. Here's my thing, and, and I've also heard the Pacers have had a week. Uh, the beginning of their record has, has been easy. They, they've, had, they've had an easy run. But, see, I, I was looking at it, um, I, maybe it was earlier today, maybe it was yesterday, but they are 6-5 and five this year against teams above 500, and those teams included, like, you know, obviously they got a win on the Lakers. Um, that included, uh, I don't think they got a win on the Clippers, but it included teams from the West, Utah. They beat Utah. Um, like a lot of good teams out of the West, 
they ran away with a win on. And some teams that were like really close, really close games where they could have won, it went either way. Yep. And they weren't just out of the game, you know, beat. You know, do you think that when Oladipo comes back that the Pacers are a threat? Are they a second or third seed? I, mean, I don't think anyone's passing Milwaukee. Milwaukee has they've lost like but they lost their first three games before like November third or something. Yeah. So they literally lost two games in two months, you know. Um, so they're they're really unstoppable right now. Yeah. In in terms of the threat, I think um Oladipo being back kinda puts them in that that spot to, you know, the, the the East is deep this year. The the top six teams in the East, like it's just as good as the West. Um, yeah, what if in, the in terms East of those wins one the finals? Six, I think there's a legitimate um, threat to to win the finals. I think obviously Milwaukee can win the finals, but I think Boston, Miami, and the Raptors, and if if Philadelphia kind of pieces it together and you know gets that continuity back there on a little bit of a slide i think all those teams can uh, really push you know the lakers or the clippers or the rockets um in seven games um and in the pacers i don't know if they're a finals team yet but uh i think they're definitely a team that will will fight for it they're um you know sitting out at 22 wins philadelphia's in the fifth seed with 23 so one more game 24 wins for the Raptors, 25 for Boston and Miami. So it's it's close there. Does Oladipo give them plus three wins over what they're sitting at now? Maybe. Um, I think it'll be hard to tell because he's coming off of such a, such a long bad injury, and, and yeah. bad injury. Um, so maybe not this season, but maybe next season. But I mean, it's, he, it's a big piece. But if he came back for the All-Star break by the playoffs, he should be yeah. close to... You know, playoff right. I know continuity yep. is tough, but you know the thing about Indiana is that you know, even going into the season, you know, you you lose Collison, who's now trying to make some sort of Roger Clemens comeback. But yep. you lose Collison, you you uh, you you change out a bunch of pieces. You end up with uh, you lose Bogdanovich. You have Jeremy Lamb. You have uh, T.J. Warren. You have Malcolm Brogdon. You've got these new starters basically, mm-hmm. and then you've got this new bench, and that team came out the gate pretty good. And mm-hmm. you know they did they did take one from the Lakers who hadn't lost a road game at the time and were playing hard. They are not a they're not an easy team. They never have an easy night, and I don't feel like I've seen a game where they were just blown out. Yeah. And when you look at other teams, you look at the Sixers who are inconsistent, who can be just insane good and then also just as bad. Man, they're like you have somehow... the Raptors who yeah. are also a big hit and miss team. Yep. A lot of young guys, they make some mistakes. Um, and, and, you know, who is the other team? Boston. You know, I feel like Boston and Indiana is a really good matchup. Mm-hmm. I feel like they, they really they go against each other pretty evenly. You know, those, yep. are, those are teams I feel like Indiana could beat in a seven-game series if things go their way. And the Sabonis, Brogdon pick and roll is amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, Miles yeah, Turner could, you know, could be a guy that's on the trade block because of Sabonis being so yep. good and – you know, what if they did get a great piece, you know? I mean, this is a team that if they made a move might might be a contender in yeah, my mind. It'll be interesting to see if, if they're one of the teams, um, you know, that that's going to spark up at the trade deadline. I think, obviously, we, we've been hearing more, more and more trade rumors as uh, the trade season kind of picks up. It, it's kind of in that range where a trade could happen any any day now for the next month or so. Um and and I think that the that there there's such a tight rein on uh, 
some of these some of these races. I think there are a lot of teams, especially the top six seeds in uh, both conferences, are you know right there. Like any of those teams, there's probably six solid contenders for the title. So I wouldn't be uh, surprised if a big trade happened near the deadline that that really kind of put one of these teams over the top. One of the big ones that uh, that I've been interested in and kind of keeping a close eye on is I saw on Twitter the other day a, a trade rumor, and it's not like a verified account or, you know, it's not like Woj Wasn't had a trade an NBA rumor. executive? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to league executives the other day, but I can't tell you what they yeah, said. Yeah, just... No collusion. Yeah, no collusion. Uh, but it was, it was from a, a fan account. So, you know, take it what, what it is. Um, probably not the most verified information, but saying that the 76ers are interested in trying to make a trade for C.J. McCollum, which makes a lot of sense for the 76ers, in my opinion, because they they have a, uh, a, a... They're really struggling on the offensive end, but they have one of the best defenses in the league, and their offense is just inconsistent. One, one night they're great, and they're able to use their size to their advantage. Um, other nights they're, they're not in, uh, you know, teams are playing zone on them it, it's hard for those guys to really work around it and, and things like that so getting somebody who can help space the floor like a cj mccollum create for himself create for other guys uh i think that that's really interesting and obviously that hurts my heart um as a as a blazers fan because he's 50 percent of why i love the blazers i heard you were trying to start a water shop with cj mccollum I, I, if if CJ McCollum wants to start up a water shop, um, I, I'm definitely down for it. If he wants to hook up Jordan Schultz with it, I heard his dad knows how to how to run really great coffee shops. Um, so maybe Schultz his, just his, his dad, dad will will yeah. help <laughs> will help with the water shop idea. I, I love the idea of trading uh, trading the Seventy Sixers trading somebody. Um, I, I've heard both. I've heard both rumors. I've heard the Sixers are going to stand pat because mm-hmm. they want to see what this team can do before they even break. Which, which any makes piece sense. Of it up. Like they, uh, which good. yeah, it does yeah. make sense. But then there's been these rumors that Horford's unhappy mm-hmm. that his role there is not as not as big as he wanted it to be, and and Horford is you know he's in his last two years of mm-hmm. being like a pretty great player. He's a great defender. He can shoot the three. He knows what to do with the ball. He's Honestly, as far as power forwards and centers go, I think he's almost like an Ugadala. He he's very you know versatile. Yeah, he and he reminds you can trust me. Him, uh, you know? He he's the type of guy that uh, you know, I I'd want him about as much as I want like a Lamarcus Aldridge. And so so interesting you say that because to me I don't see what the Blazers like. You trade CJ, and if you get yeah. Horford, and uh, you know what have what have you won? Like like for them, it's it's really nothing. Well. And they'd have to get a lot of young guys off the Sixers bench, and the Sixers' biggest struggle is they don't have a bench, you know. Yep. Um, and and that's the thing is is I was trying to think of that piece, you know do do you trade Tobias Harris? Um, you know, obviously, any way they trade. I, I think the Blazers have good uh, have good young guards. Yeah, so I, think I think Harris, Simmons, and Embiid okay. are, are untouchables. No one's getting them in a trade. You know, there's no way. Yeah, there's I, no way. Yeah. So we'll see. Here, here's the trade that. So to me, the Sixers, the Sixers are one one piece away from being mm-hmm. a great team, uh, and they need a piece to beat the Bucks. They're not going to beat the Bucks, in my opinion. A seven game series, the Bucks are going to win. Um, mm-hmm. 
But if they wanted to beat the Bucks, the thing they need is a bench. The Bucks have a great bench. They have George Hill. They have uh, they have guys who can play big minutes. They can put Robin Lopez out there. Get they, Brooke I a mean, break. they they play you they know play five guys in the perimeter and yeah, just let them all do the thing. They've got Corver. They got Ilsova. They've got they've got this deep bench, and the Sixers don't have that. They've got you know uh, Thibel and and Cormez or, or whatever his name is. They they've got this like they've got these guys who are coming in who are getting good usage, mm-hmm. but aren't actually necessarily great players. And I think that. To me, the Sixers need they need a six man. They need their they need their own Lou Williams. And I know I know one guy that fits that bill and he's still running around as a free agent, and that's Jamal Crawford. Honestly, if the Sixers were smart and they just signed up a free agent Jamal Crawford to play half a season with them, all star break on, they would have a guy who they can bring in off the bench, give Simmons and Harris a break, mm-hmm. and he can just straight score. And the rest of their defense with the length they have they can cover up Crawford's defense, defensive inefficiencies. The other thing to me is, and this this person's been on the trade block, and, and if he would take this role to be on a contender, would be to go ahead and let Horford go, trade him to the Spurs to play with LaMarcus Aldridge because they would play well together, mm-hmm. and you get DeMar DeRozan for him. Horford for DeRozan straight up is a great trade. DeRozan yeah, becomes a six-man in Philadelphia, no. and he's a pure scorer. You bring him in 30 minutes DeRozan night. doesn't want to be a six-man, and they they don't get spacing with him. They, DeRozan they will never win a ring if he doesn't go to a team that's contending. No. It's not that they need the spacing. To me, they need a six-guy who can come in and score and give Embiid, give Harris a break, and say, hey, here, you take the ball. We're gonna we're gonna sit the end of the first. We're gonna sit the, the end of the third, and you're gonna play thirty minutes a night. And we need you to score twenty points. We need your minutes to be big, because DeRozan, DeRozan be can Laker. score nonstop. I see the Lakers. The Lakers have too much of a bench and just don't need him. Yeah, I honestly, I think I think DeRozan is he is in every sense uh, of Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford. He's a guy that could come in, and score points, and play big minutes. And I don't know if DeRozan would actually be a. a, a Opposed to being a great six man, if he's great, I mean six men have have a bigger record now than they did. Like people are more no, into it. I don't. I don't think DeRozan will take anything less than being the number two. Well, he's he's at best a number three on a good team. No, uh, he's just not that good. He can't no. shoot threes, and he's not he's not Dwayne Wade. So. Yeah, I mean he's he's not the greatest defender, which is uh, which is why you know him being the number one with. With Kyle Lowry as the two in, in Toronto, they just could never beat LeBron James, um, or probably anybody else that was actually great. There was only one good team in the East, and that was LeBron James. You know, those other teams were just subpar at the time. The East was weak through those years, so I, it's hard to yeah, see it was, that it as, was always, as a great team. Yeah, just, just kind of one team coming in there. In the, the, East. The, the Spurs, the Spurs have to move DeRozan. They have to. They have to move DeRozan or Aldridge. Aldridge is better. Um, and they need a, they need their other guys. They need Murray and Derrick. Yeah, I mean, play, I'm so. a little surprised they yeah. uh, they haven't tried to move DeRozan yet. Um, there's definitely a couple teams that they could fit in. I always thought DeRozan and you know all the Pop Trailblazers could be fun. I see you know Pop won't trade in the West, though. Pop won't trade against a team he could see in the playoffs. So if he's going anywhere, he's going to the East. And, you know, you got to get something big for him. you got a contract match. So Horford's a good one. Drummond would actually be a good one, uh, you know. Uh, not good for Detroit, but good for good for San Antonio. Um, you know, I mean, th- those are teams that you could take. Uh, you know, no other team. You know, who who wants a guy who only shoots mid range, 
can't explode to the rim like he used to and can't play defense, uh, I, I don't think anybody needs that to be a contender. The, I mean, it's, the it's, Nets, full stop, you know, let's just throw in the triangle <laughs> offense, iso ball between uh, Kyrie, DeMar, and, DeRoz- and Durant. Just because DeRozan just, wears Kobe's doesn't make him Kobe. That's, and we just we just watched we just watched the triangle of motion in New York, just like the Knicks never could. Trade him. You could trade him to uh, Cleveland for Kevin Love. Kevin Love becomes yeah. a spur. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, Kevin Love needs Popovich to be able to cha- Might be able to cha- teach him a little defense. Kevin Love to the Warriors. Let him do it. No. Who who else we got here at the East? Toronto. You know, let's 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 finish great at the top team. of the East. Great team. You know, are yeah. are how how great though? Are they do they have a shot? What's it take for them to win? What's it take for them to get to the finals? I mean, regular season just as good as uh when oh old, old uh, Kawhi was there. You know, okay. are are they and and that's why I think that yeah, obviously Kawhi is great and obviously he did a lot of good things. Um in in Toronto, and obviously he's more of a playoff can like playoff player. He that's what he cares about is winning a championship, you know whatever. Um, Toronto's a, a great team without him. I think for is them there to a make trade it, or anything they can do to to become best in the East. I don't know if they're if they're a trade piece away. If if so, I Who can't think trade? of I can't think of anything. The the best trade option would be Kyle Lowry only because he's nearing the end of his his uh you know career so you you have to try to get value out of Who him while he still that, has value. I mean you're gonna yeah. let Norman Powell and Fred Van Vliet take over for Lowry yeah. permanently and trade Lowry for Well you get like a, a young point guard with, with some upside, you know, that sort of thing. Um, that's that's the only thinking that I could come up with. Um, I actually liked uh Kyle Lowry for Mike Conley before Mike Conley went to the Jazz. I thought that would have been a fun fit. Uh, but really I think for Toronto to make a deep run, it just uh, it, it's just a matter of them being locked in and like all their guys. I think Marcus Saul, um, Fred Van Fleet, and Spicy P are, are the three P's or the three keys to uh, you know just staying locked in and making a deep playoff run. Yeah. I think those three guys can cause uh, I've, huge matchup issues. I've tried to think about trades to to move Marcus Saul because he's aging, but then like Marcus Saul seems like a glue guy, and it's like. Is, he, is there really somebody that makes the team better that you're going to get for Gasol? It doesn't seem like that's true. Mm. Now, to me, you know, in the playoffs last year, Ibaka really played big. Yep. I feel like that's not a permanent thing. Uh, I think it was almost like when Biombo was in Toronto, and he just mm-hmm. had, like, those huge games. Yeah. But, like, Biombo was never as good as those playoff games. So I feel like if they were going to make a trade, to me, moving Ibaka uh, or Norman Powell or both, mm-hmm. because they have the depth of point guard and Norman Powell – he seems like he could be great, or maybe he's not. Yep. Uh, or Kyle Lowry, if if you could net something good. But like, I guess when I think about that, it's like, what team wants Kyle Lowry? Yeah. Like, like we it, go back to it now. Now the only teams I can think of that need a Kyle Lowry is again. Now we're going back to San Antonio, and you don't want DeRozan back. Uh, I don't think that's going to make Toronto better. So you, you especially because they they have Rondé, OG, and Anobi, and Pascal yeah, I mean, Siakam. Have, so it's like they don't need they don't need a, they a have three great like. But San Antonio wings. could use a Kyle Lowry. They need a defensive stop, another defensive stopper. Yeah, and they could be running a, a backcourt of Lowry and Murray, which is what they need to do. Um, I don't know who else is close to the playoffs that that needs that piece. 
um, you know, maybe you could, you know, I guess again, you could, they could look at Pistons if they're shopping Drummond, you know, would they be willing to take yeah. Lowry? I, I just, know, I think the, the, I think the Raptors uh, are one of those teams where uh, they don't, they back, don't need to know? make a trade. Um, but I there's think, no way that they're good enough to to win the East without something. I mean, you, I, you don't you don't think they can beat Giannis or the Sixers in a in a seven game series, right? I I think I think they can beat the Sixers. You again. think they beat the Sixers? Yep. And I Man. I think if the Bucks aren't locked in, I think this Raptors the team Sixers is legit. We're four bounces away from beating them last year when they had Kawhi on their yeah. team. And, uh, you know, I think the Sixers are one of those teams that they lock in, they can win a seven-game series. But Toronto's a good team. Like, even without Kawhi, they're they're a good team. And I think seven games, Spicy P, Marcus Hall being locked in, Kyle Lowry playing, you know, like he does, dropping 20, 25 a night in a seven-game series. Like, I think that's a team that's going to be tough for any team to beat because of their continuity, because they have depth, because they have great uh, two-way wing players. You know who would take a who would take a trade for Kyle Lowry? I think the New York Knicks would trade anything. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, who who's off the table for the Knicks? Like, who are they not willing to trade? Uh, maybe Julius Randle would be the only piece that they're keeping no matter RJ what. Barrett. Are they really that into Barrett? I mean. They would get a lot of heat if they traded him, but yeah. I mean, he's been kind of a cold fish. I mean, they would definitely let. I feel like for Lowry about, uh, in New York, you could get the Morris twin, you get Marcus Morris, and you could probably get Kevin Knox yeah. straight up. And I mean, Knox might be a bust; he might not be. And you get a great stretch four out of Morris, plays big minutes, and, and the Knicks don't need him all. And you probably get a bonus Frank Nicolina or yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. just just for fun to put in your in your G League team. Yeah, they uh, you know they could they could trade old guard for old guard Chris Paul, that that could be a solid yeah solid matchup. Chris Paul in, in Toronto would be um, amazing, but I man, that would you cost know them so much well, money. one of the best pieces that um, I think that they could get is uh, Drew Holiday. I think adding another yeah, great two way player is for sale, but. But man, would you, you sell Kyle not, Lowry yeah. straight up for in, Drew in a team where like no Lonzo's way. looking better? Lonzo like yeah. should be the like is the point, starting point guard. So no, you're they, not gonna they say start. Drew Holiday's on the on the block. Yeah. yeah, but but you have to get something good. Yeah, yeah. I just it, it's tough. It's tough. To, I, it's tough to see. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's tough to I see. I don't know if uh, Toronto. I mean, Drew Holiday would be amazing in Toronto. Yeah, um, he really would be. I feel like they'd have to give up a lot, and and New Orleans doesn't need anything. It's no. like they're, they're I feel just like, kind of like stuck like, in a stuck yeah, in a bad David Griffin's spot right gonna now. want a lion share, yeah, just like he did with Davis, because he yeah. could just wait till after the season and then yeah. trade Holiday in the summer, and still have a year on his contract for him to yeah. go wherever he wants. Yeah, you know? I think if anybody, you know, and I don't know why uh, the Pelicans aren't dangling JJ Redick. They're saying that he's off limits still. Uh, but he's clearly the most well, they valuable draft piece picks for, for Reddick. Yeah, but he's yeah. clearly the most valuable piece to me because every contending team wants JJ Reddick. Yeah, every team. You know, I think the thing is, is they know that every team's always going to want JJ Reddick, and I mean Reddick, what he does, it doesn't matter how much he ages. Yeah, but you know, like, he's a he's a he's a Kyle Korver. I mean, I he think, can play till he's pretty old. I think the longer you wait, the the less value you get. I think if you trade J.J. Redick this year, that's the high, highest value that you're going to get. Because what if 
you wait next year, you know, the Lakers have another great, great shooter that they don't, like, need a J.J. Redick or the Clippers or the 76ers fill that void again. What are you gonna? Who who's gonna make a great offer for Reddick? Like, what what's a great offer for Reddick? I mean, it has to be a team that Reddick is gonna change the game for. Mm-hmm. The only team that I feel like he changes the game for is the Sixers or the Pacers, who could use more three point shooting. Mm-hmm. The Sixers already let him go. Yeah, you know, so like they can't they can't go back. You know, Miami doesn't need him. They're already great. No, they got young uh, JJ Reddick. And, and honestly, Miami, out of all the teams in the East, is the only one I feel like has a chance of beating the Bucks in a seven-game series, because the games they played against them have yeah. been good. They I, beat I the think, Bucks already this season. I think yeah. Miami's, I think Miami's a, a close second best team in the East, um, and I think it's because you know obviously there's so much good happening um, around that team, but the fact that. What was that stat that I, I saw the other day that um, Eric Spolstra was talking about it, that, like, the Heat are, like, undefeated or 5-1 or, and one or something like that when Jimmy Butler doesn't score or make five baskets? It's, like, ridiculous. Like, how good Jimmy Butler is as, like, you know, he's yeah, kind of like... nobody you would take off that he's team like, that's really like the guard wing that's... version of a Draymond Green. Like, do do whatever you need him to do, and, and Jimmy's a dog, and I think that... uh I think Jimmy can uh, put Giannis through the ringer. You know, I think he's he's a hustle guy. Where you give him seven games, you know, he'll he'll play forty minutes a night, and he might die by the end of the seventh game. But he's gonna be running out to whoever he needs to guard when the when the Bucks are gonna be spacing yeah. out. Um, so I think they're they're gonna be a tough team. Plus, you know, Pat Riley giving them some secrets. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely, and really, I think Miami kind of finishes up everybody that's really important right now in the East. I definitely don't think that, like, out of all the teams, I don't think that Milwaukee or Miami needs to change anything. I think they both are stacked. Like, there's been a lot of speculation that Miami could pick up a piece that would make mm-hmm. them better. I don't think that piece exists. I, yeah, I think unless they got, like, the the problem is... The piece would be, like, an like all-star. A, a like good a, piece, you know. like... Maybe Chris Paul, maybe Drew Holiday, but then at the yeah, same time, like, is it worth better. what you're losing? Because now, now you're losing minutes yeah. from Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero and and Goran Dragic, and and Dragic is a great defender. He's he's played well this year. Uh, he's he's a glue guy. I mean, Nunn is proven to be good. You know, you you just you just don't need yeah. You just don't need Drew Holiday. You don't need Chris Paul. Yeah. And there's really no, I, not yeah. anybody that I feel like just lights it up like. The only thing that would clearly make them better is like a bona fide all star, like mm-hmm. Anthony Davis or Draymond Green, and those guys are not available. Yeah. You know, you're not like we're talking guys that couldn't make them better. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of everybody who's who's up for sale, you've got the biggest names that are being thrown around is you know you got Kevin Love, you got Drummond, you have uh, I guess Chris Paul, you have Drew Holiday. You know, these are kind of your big names that are available on the market. Mm-hmm. None of those guys, yeah. to me, say Miami's a better team from them. And Miami's already stolen the game from yeah. Milwaukee. So it shows I, that they've got yeah. the ability to be it there. And nobody else in the East is. I think Miami's a good. legitimate title contender. And I think, um, you know, I think that the Bucks are the best team in the league right now. Um, and I think Miami can beat the Bucks in seven games. Yeah, Therefore, they at least have a chance. I, I yeah. think Miami could beat the Lakers or Clippers seven in, games, in yeah. seven games. Yeah. Um, the the biggest or or Dallas, Dallas could stand to use one of these guys and trade. By yeah, the way, but whether they're going to do it or not, 
Drew Holiday in Dallas will look pretty good for a defense that could use a defense. I do like Dallas. Dallas has the best role players. They do. They, they, they But again, they've got so much continuity right now, it's hard yeah. to see them letting anybody go. I, I definitely feel like it's a, it's a game of continuity right now. I also think that Miami, Pat Riley is so patient. Mm-hmm. And he knows, yeah, he can, moves, yeah. He, this team's going to be good still next year. They're going to be better. Mm-hmm. These young guys are not going to, they're going to develop more. You know, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, those guys are going to be better. So it's like he knows that it's there and that money was going to start coming off the books and he's got money to spend. Yep. And they're going to be a tough team. Yeah. You know, they're going to they're gonna really contend. Yeah. So I, I think that, that pretty much wraps up uh, most of our thoughts on the east uh we've been uh we've had a good night we're hanging out in the back of foamed up uh if you haven't had some coffee from foamed up then you've pretty much missed out on the best black water that dalton's money can buy Mm. um you know we've we've hung out back here we've enjoyed the atmosphere i've really enjoyed the double hulk mania posters those always you know it's like i'm inspired once and then i'm inspired twice um you know, uh, we're, we're coming in next episode. We're going to talk about our picks for, for the West. We're going to talk about our picks for the All-Star team. Voting did just come out, so hopefully everyone's caught up on that. Um, and, yeah, you know, uh, we're going to have a pretty good time. And, you know, uh, maybe we can maybe we can make an All-Star team of our own, uh, a little All-Star Ooh. side hustle team. Ooh, Greasy Boy yeah. All-Star team. Who's Ooh. sitting on the bench? No hurt feelings. I don't think I we're going to do that. I got my top five. <laughs> Whoa, bro. <laughs> I don't think we're going to do that. Yeah. I, How I just, many clones can I make yeah, yeah. myself? <laughs> I think the, the top five were on a podcast. Did I say that out loud? No, man. That's messed up. <laughs> yeah, that was messed up. Sorry. I'd Garrett go for all the ones that weren't that. there. I'd, I'd yeah, take all the ones that weren't there. Poor one now. Garrett, man, he's, he, he doesn't move fast enough. He can be in the top five. <laughs> he's nice. Yeah. Anyways, nice guys to finish last. Um, Next episode is going to be great. Hopefully you enjoyed this one. Subscribe, share, tell your friends. Uh, If you know somebody that loves basketball as much as we do, we really want them to listen to our podcast and give us And and don't forget, with All-Star voting means All-Star game coming up. Uh, Shout out to Adam Silver. If you're listening, uh, we're still looking for those passes. Still looking. Uh, I'm waiting by my mailbox daily. So if you're sending them via mail, like maybe shoot me a text. Let me know to to look out. If not... uh, yeah, you can just drop them off personally. Uh, my address is available via <laughs> instant message. Yeah, yeah. AOL Slide in the messenger. deep. <laughs> You're still an AOL instant messenger AOL. guy. That's what's weird. Your favorite businessman is uh, Ted Turner. That's that's what I heard. I don't know. You heard it here. Dizzle loves Ted Turner. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, so enjoy you a water. I'm gonna enjoy Casey's water tonight on my way home. Shout out to Casey's, the greatest gas station on on earth. And, uh, yeah, if you want to get a really fancy water, just come to Foamed Up. We've got nitro water. It's amazing. Uh, And that's it. That's a wrap. Oh, I guess we don't have time to get Zach on tonight. Sorry, Zach. Uh, You know, hopefully hopefully next time we can get you in. I just couldn't get you in between our two best guests. I think he's testing the waters right now. That's what I heard. I heard he's in the water shop. (laughs) Just, Just kicked back. Enjoying that high alkaline goodness. Listening to a Kiss cover band. That's what I like. That's why you can't be on the show. You're listening to a Kiss cover band. <laughs> if you're listening to a Kiss cover band right now, instead of this podcast, then you probably don't know what I'm saying, and we're probably on two different planets, and there's really no point. 
you know, there's a divide in this nation, and uh, the divide is really based on yep. Gene Simmons and Kiss and, and James Harden, really. That's the divide yep. in this nation. Yep. It's not the elephant in the room that we've all heard about. It's, it's really James Harden. Yep. All right. Well, ballers out. That's a wrap.